Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. That time of the week again, the Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. Welcome back to another episode of the 5th and Last NRL Podcast, episode 16, and jumping straight in with some news, start off with some suspensions and judiciary work. Krisnan Inu has taken an early guilty plea and will face two weeks back on the sideline after only just having five weeks off. Dave Taylor has chose to fight his charge for dangerous contact, and if he loses or misses two games and won't be eligible for Queensland and the Origin, Luke Douglas and BJ Leilua Pleaded guilty, so they got off free and they are ready to play this weekend. Breaking news, Melbourne Storm have a new owner, Bart Campbell, who is a New Zealander, Kiwi entrepreneur, this bloke. Uh, he's also moved in with some other people involved, but they're not to be named until two weeks' time at a function in Melbourne. But uh, he owns a big international sports management company and he's dropped the CEO, Ron Gauchi, and effective immediately, Mark Evans, who... Is a former CEO of the Saracens and Harlequins in English Rugby Union. So, see what happens there. In negative news for Melbourne, Matt Duffy is out for the year. He did his ACL in a New South Wales Cup match on the weekend after only recently getting, overcoming a shoulder reconstruction. So, no good luck there. David Stagg, his career appears to be over after rupturing his ACL on Friday night for the Broncos. And as well as him, Jack Reed may have a fractured eye socket and will be out for a couple of weeks. So, not great times if you're a Brisbane Broncos fan as far as injuries are concerned. Josh Dugan has welcomed a recall to the New South Wales Origin side, saying that if Laurie Daly was to call if his form was good over the next couple of weeks, he'd more than welcome the chance to get picked. Felipe Mateo re-signed for three years with the New Zealand Warriors for pretty decent coin we're hearing. He knocked down offers to come back to Sydney and... Uh, I don't know about everyone else out there. He's a good player, but too many rocks and diamonds for me. I wouldn't have paid big money. But the Rabbitohs, they've also re-signed a couple of players. David Tyrrell and Bryson Goodwin staying on two-year deals. Good signing there with Goodwin, who's been in great form. Dave Tyrrell, pretty uh, no-frills sort of player, but I suppose they're the ones that hold your squad together. So good on him for getting a new two-year deal. Uh, rule changes have come into effect. This week they'll be enforced, but penalties won't happen until round 15, and these are scrum and dropout rules from now on. After the whistle, there is 30-second time limits. It used to be 40 for the dropout, that is now 30, and scrums. Scrums now, once it's been blown, that the scrum should be packed effective immediately. If a team is packed after 30 seconds and the other isn't, they will receive a penalty. So we'll see how this one goes. Round 15 onwards, there'll be penalties. It's Lima Tiatai, as I said a couple of weeks ago. Finally been released. He's heading off to Wakefield to play in the Super League. The Cowboys are going for the third Sims brother, Corbin from Newcastle, trying to offload Glenn Hall and most likely Dallas Johnson to make room to get the third brother. 
Adam Blair is being shopped around by the Tigers. $500,000 and definitely not earning his money. The Tigers are looking to give him to anyone, but can't find a single sniff and no surprise with the way his form has been. Kevin Kingston will not be offered a contract for next year by the Penrith Panthers, and it's been said that there's been no bites there as of yet. The Raiders wanted him at the back end of last year, but Kingston wasn't interested, so I'll have to wait and see what plays out with that. Matty Bowen, no offer from any NRL clubs. Supposedly Leeds or Warrington were after him, but that's gone cold. And now we've heard a big money offer from the Titans, so keep our ears to the ground to see what's happening there. Quade Cooper, though, to the Broncos. This is the big one that's come out. There's been talk that Wallace wants to rejoin Penrith and that Penrith are happy to take him on the cheap. Brisbane are happy for that to happen if they can get their hands on Quade Cooper, which would be a massive coup. Tim Grant has rubbish rumours that he wants out of Penrith and come out this week saying that the media likes to beat things up and it's all a crock of bullshit, so good stuff there. And on to the Panthers. They've signed Luke Catewell from the Broncos. He's been playing at Redcliffe. He's a 5'8 fullback for the next two years and are chasing after Tyron Peachy, who just debuted on the weekend, nephew of David. He's currently leading the New South Wales Cup Player of the Year. Jamie Lyon, soon set to re-sign with the Manly Seagulls. Great news for them. He's been a fantastic player. And the last bit of news, Jason King's career may be over after requiring shoulder surgery. So not good news there, but... As always, let's jump in with the Fast Five. Welcome back. All right, kicking things off with this week's Fast Five, our highlight, low light, best of the week, worst of the week, and the question. Starting with the highlight for me this week, it had to be Sam Tagatizi and Tarek Sims hits. I'm an absolute stellar for somebody getting poleaxed and since they've taken the shoulder charge away, even though 30 of them still happen a week, it's uh, good to see two people get absolutely crunched. <laughs> yeah, it was good to see old... Uh, who got taggered? Oh, mate, Macron got taggered to the max. <laughs> Poor old Macron got taggered, and as we were watching the game, the uh, Canberra bench even clapped that hit on Josh Macron, which um, tells you something about, you know, the fans' hunger for, uh, for you know, the, that contact. So bring back the shoulder charge. Uh, my highlight was the Storm versus Manly game last night. I know it ended in a draw... But uh, I had me off the lounge, got me barely excited. I thought it was a tough and willing encounter. So that was my highlight for the week. Yeah, well, the low light for me, I don't want to go too much into it because he's uh, accepted the guilty plea for two weeks, but the Scorpion tackled by Inu, as far as I'm concerned, just anything with the, the leg twisting or ankles and the Scorpion, all, all the stuff around the legs and twisting limbs just has to stop. Yeah, agree with you. It was a really bad look for the game. Uh, my low light was a Titans performance on Friday night. Um, I'm going to get more into it in the dunt section, but they were disgusting on Friday night. Ill-disciplined for sure. My best of the week, uh, this isn't rocket science, GI. Yeah. Four tries, bloke's an absolute animal. Uh, you know, you can, can he get better? Can, he can get better. That's rid- in, the, Like, the imagine thing, him the, in the, two or three years. The thing about this, fit. and people will argue because they think I'm biased towards Billy Slater, but Billy Slater does a lot of little things that Greg Inglis doesn't do, but one one of one moment of Greg Inglis's brilliance can outdo all those little things that you don't recognise. Yeah. But imagine if you could put Billy Slater's attention to detail into Greg Inglis's brilliance. I was gonna say have. the repeat efforts and the ability to track down kicks and diffuse the high ball, mix that in with, you know, Greg Inglis's ability to just break a game open and run ninety metres like well. Yeah. I'm going to give mine, my player of the week, to Isaac John. I thought uh, he really led the Panthers uh, around. I could have easily given it to GI, but um liked to have a little bit of difference. And uh, I thought he was great. Scored three tries. It's only his second game in, and they've beaten Melbourne and flogged the Warriors. So can't do much better than that. 
my worst of the week, every New Zealand warrior, get back on the plane, <laughs> don't come back. Again, a point of difference. I could have said exactly the same thing. Uh, mine was Dave Taylor uh, and then John Cartwright for not hooking Dave Taylor. Like, it was just an absolute aberration. It was like they just let the animals off the loose at Suncorp Stadium on Friday night. Dave Taylor is just a joke. I can't believe John Cartwright bought him in the first place. He is a liability, and he's being paid big big bucks to be a liability at the Titans. Um, still seething, as you can probably tell. Well, on the flip side of that, I want to give a wrap to Jamal Idris again because he's starting to yeah, earn his, three earn weeks his money. Yeah, three weeks in a row. But uh, let's hope that continues. But yeah, sure. last week's question before we move on to this week's was, did you think that Jared Warrior Hargrave's high shot on George Rose warranted a send-off? And... Uh, with a possible seven-week suspension, was that going to be too harsh? Eight people said yes, he should have been sent and faced a lengthy, uh, just a suspension. Uh, we had 13 people say yes, and that seven was too long. Uh, 13 people said no, but he should get the lengthy suspension. And 21 people, no send-off, no suspension. I wish I could meet all 21 of those people on a high five, because <laughs> I'm all for a bit yeah. of brutality. But, but uh, realistically... Realistically, yeah. I, I voted on the no, but the uh, suspension, I think five weeks was still a bit much, but that, well, that was yes. for loading. So. Yes, but the suspension was too long. And yes, as in, yes, uh, he deserved to be sent off, but no, not every tackle like that this year, not every tackle mm. in years gone by has been a send-off. Well, for me, no, no send-off, but yeah, I, I think he was going to get three to four weeks, but yeah. And you, you've got this week's question there. This week's question. On the back of uh, last night's draw between Melbourne and the Manly Seagulls, do you think our current golden point system is working? Now, your options to answer that are, uh, yeah, we'll stick with our current system. No, go back to a draw after 80 minutes. Uh, other options are bringing golden try with unlimited time. And the final option is change golden point to unlimited time to ensure there is a result. Now, most of this is based on uh, discussions that we sort of had around the lounge room last night after that and things that uh, Kieran Foran said. Cameron Smith yeah, well, said he was yeah. pretty happy with the draw. Yeah, Kieran Foran at the end said, you know, he was absolutely bugging and it's kind of disappointing that you, you play a game like that for 90 minutes and you, you kind of go home feeling empty, yes. not getting a winner. So I can kind of feel that. And we've heard Sturlow and Laurie and all these people bring it up a million times before. You had coaches say that they're sick of seeing field goals and no result after 10 minutes. So there's a whole bunch of ideas that have been bandied around. So yep. if you've got anything outside our four, feel free to uh, put a comment under it and give a recommendation. But, uh, yeah, we just want to get a gauge on what people think of the current Well, system. it's ridiculous that you have the same result after 90 minutes that you could have after 80. Mm. Very you much know, so. It's, yeah, it's ridiculous. It'd be like a, uh, in a soccer game playing the extra time and then not having a penalty shootout. Mm. Pretty much. It, it draw, so. should be finishing up with a result. Yeah. But uh, with that one, as always, that'll be posted up on the NRL Gossip page. We'll be putting that up on our page as well. So share that one, get into it, get some comments on there. But uh, that's the Fast Five. We'll jump into our reviews of the games from the weekend. Having trouble keeping track of all the play movements and signings in the NRL? Want to know who your team has re-signed, who they gained and who they've lost for the next season? Well, check out www.zerotackle.com for all the latest news and rumours on the NRL. Zerotackle.com all right, the games from the weekend. We'll start our review with the Friday night fixtures. Souths, 54-10 to 10 over the Tigers. And to be honest, I, I just feel sorry for the Tigers. I saw in a lot of people that said that they didn't try and it was lacklustre. But you've got to look. There's eight people in that side that have played less than 12 first-grade games. They're absolutely depleted. Benji Marshall, you know... He, he, Benji. He come off the, yeah, Benji come off the bench. 
Uh, Robbie Farrow's trying to carry that side. Aaron Woods is busting his hump, but South, wow, what a loaded side they have. They just absolutely blew them off the park. 1,700 metres to 1,100, 10 line breaks to two. And the errors as well. There was 14 errors by the Tigers. Uh, at the same time of the late effort, they did uh, make things pretty hard for themselves and 50 missed tackles. So that's uh, you know that's pretty straightforward, that well, one. Well, that just screams of a lack of first-grade experience, and that's where the Tigers are at. So uh, I had the Tigers in my eight, and with a full roster, they're a totally different team. But at the moment, uh, their best player or their, their highest-paid player in Benji Marshall, I know Robbie Farrow is probably on similar coin, He's just not performing at all. He, he looks like a reserve-grade player. I think it was a mistake by Potter. Uh, he, he handled that situation totally in the wrong way. From my perspective, I would have... If you're going to put him on the bench, why not drop him in the yeah. first place? Just drop him all together. Make your I'm... point, drop him, because you look like a goose when you're down 18-0 after 15 minutes and you have to put him on. So, I mean, this game was a joke. It was, South kept up with the uh, the clock. It was 38-4 at half-time. Um yeah, South were brilliant. Again, uh, they're building really nicely, but I wouldn't take much out of this result from either fan base. The Tigers, I don't know where your next win's coming from. Souths, I don't know where your next loss is coming from. But, you know, Obviously, that'll be during the origin period. Well, they, they do have lose some key players. but They do have a decent fixture this weekend. They're playing the Sharks and they're away, and the Sharks have surprised me the last few weeks without Paul Gallen. It seems that when he's out, that everyone... You well, know, and Luke Lewis this weekend. It, it seems that everyone gets to take some responsibility for the fact he's... I think he may be overplaying a little bit too much, and it's almost like the Sharks are like, well, stuff it. We'll just let you do all the work. But yeah. with him out, uh, you know, Wade Graham, Chris Hinington, Fafita, these kind of guys have all been killing it. But uh, yeah, moving back to that game, I felt one little thing that stood out for me, and Gus brought it up when I looked at the sheets before the game and agreed, David Nofaluma gets a debut in a side that, you know... Is getting absolutely torn apart in the Tigers, and it's not really the best place to be starting off. Similar to a lot of those Warriors kids last year that played ten games without getting a win. Look, how, how did you know that, that's got to be mentally damaging? And then on the flip side, Dylan Walker comes in, scores after ten minutes, has an awesome game, gets over a hundred meters, and uh, every back actually in the South Sydney side ran for over a hundred meters. So that shows you how dominant they were. But he he comes into a winning culture and a great frame of mind. Like it's. Yeah, I know. Yeah. What are they supposed to do? Who are they supposed to put in? But that's why I can't understand. People are absolutely bashing the Tigers. But look, look who's sitting on the sideline. No. You've got these kids that are having a crack, and people are two starting centers questioning questioning their effort. But for me, I'm just looking at these blokes, and yeah. you know, raps again. Tedesco, I think he tried really hard. Cora Beattie made up for having Aaron a Woods, pretty Farrell, same names. poor game. Yeah, and I thought Liam Fulton, he got you know that six put on his back, probably a situation he didn't want to be in, but. Uh, with all the fire that came at him, he made 46 tackles. So. Well, he had plenty of defending to do. South, we don't have to say too much more. As normal, the Burgess brothers, both have 100 metres, absolutely tore them apart. Ben Teo, solid contribution. Uh, Adam Reynolds, the bloke, scored a great try. We'd like to see him run a bit more, but you know he had a bucket load of assists and kicked some goals. John Sutton, Greg Inglis, uh, he, he, there's no one you couldn't bring up in that side that didn't have a good game on Friday night. Uh, Bryson Goodwin, who just re-signed, he got a, a massive line break and scored some points. But, uh, yeah, I'll, like Brock said before, I wouldn't be taking too much out of this, but I'm really... No, the team was I'm boring. Really, the last half was boring. Really, really enjoying watching South Flat play football, though. Yeah. Oh, I thought they took the foot off the pedal second half. So. Oh, most definitely. But at the same time, that, that side is fantastic, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what they can do on the back end of the year. But uh, moving on to the other fixture... This is one obviously hits a sensitive spot for you. The Broncos, 32-6 over the Titans, who were 9-zip in the penalty count. 
down and the ninth penalty, a kickoff. Greg Bird was sent to the bin for 10. They finally got a penalty after that. But at the end of the game, it ended up 13-6. But the, the damage was done far too early from that. But first half, 24-0, finished 32-6. It shows the difference when the, you know, you're know you not 9-0 down in the second half. Don't you concede one try? Well, do I really need to go over it again? I'd, I've spoken to people about this for days since the game. It was just a aberration. That's probably the worst performance or the most disappointing performance I've ever seen from a Gold Coast team. I've supported them since their inception, and I must admit, I'll probably hit rock bottom. They're in the eight. Well, that's ridiculous. I can't believe they're in the eight. Uh, they don't deserve to be. Albert Kelly tried his backside off. I, yep. I'm really impressed with where he's at. I think Aiden Caesar's form has fallen out. Um, his backside, he kicked into the back of someone first set, and they scored after it, and we just never recovered from there. Um, apart from that, you've got to give Brisbane the credit. Uh, they had all the ball. They had all the field position. One thing I will say about Brisbane, why why take four penalty goals in a row? You were leading 18-0. You could have easily put 40 or 50 past the Titans if you just put the foot on the throat. I think they actually kept us in the game uh, until about the 50... Uh, what was it? Sorry, the 64th minute um, when uh, Lachlan Miranda scored. Uh, up until then, the Titans were in it. They scored a try. Dave Mead scored. We bombed another try. It could have easily been a 12-point game going into the final 25. Should never have been that type of game. Uh, Brisbane, I'm unimpressed. Titans, they're just rubbish. Uh, Poorly coached, poorly disciplined. A lot of great players, a lot of names, but just delivering nothing at the moment. uh, That was a disgrace, that performance on Friday night. Yeah, I'll get back to the Titans in a minute. But for me, Brisbane, you know, you go from that para game where they were absolutely terrible. Yeah, but that's where Brisbane are at. And like, that, that's where you know, we're at. And that's like, that's kind of what I'm trying to point out. A lot of people were like, oh, they, you know, they really gave it to them. You get nine zip in the penalty count. You should really take advantage. And they did early on. Yeah, I give credit to, you know, Thiday, Glenn, Parker, as normal. Though, that, that's that's an every week thing. They actually killed it. Still, I, I, I still thought that, you know, Peter Walsh could have done more. I thought Ben Hunt was probably the better out of the two halves. He was. But, uh, on the flip side, I'm with you. Uh, Albert Kelly, he tried his backside off. Jamal Idris is showing a bit more to earn his money. And, and David Mead, as always, and he's out this week again, so he must have another injury. But, right. um, you know, with, with players like Miles, Taylor, well, We've got a lot of injury-prone players, too. Like, we, we can't at, keep out At the same time, field. though, look at that back row. I look at that every week and think... Yeah, well, with the back row at the moment has got Mark Minicello in it, so... But with having Nate Miles, Ashley Harrison in your side, with Greg yeah, Bird, with David Taylor... You know, there's origin. There's you, the other thing you is, guys are going to be one of the most punished teams by origin. Yet when they're all together at club, why, they can't get a win. So I'm with you. Dave what's, Taylor, what's why is Dave doing? Taylor sitting on the bench? Like you pay a bloke five hundred thousand, six hundred thousand dollars, get him on the field, get the minutes out of him. Like this crap about oh, you know, Dave Taylor's not fit enough. Well, get him fit enough. Same as Jamal Idris last year. It was oh, he's carrying too much timber, and that's just Jamal. Well, that's not Jamal. That's not Dave Taylor. Get him fit enough. Get him on the field, get him playing minutes, let him earn his cash because he just sits on the bench, comes on, and has a negative impact on the team. It's just, it's a disgrace that they just justify even having him in the side. I'd be, if I'm Cartwright, I'm punting him this week. Well, he's going to get punted for two weeks anyway, but. But he's fighting that charge. Yeah, well, and why would you fight it? You took his head off. Just dumb. Yeah, well, really dumb. And they've they got Parramatta this week, and to be honest with you, Parramatta busts their ass every week, um, and the Titans, they're. They're, they're playing on the back of reputation and on, on the back of the players they've got. We've got a much better roster than Parramatta, but 
Parramatta try a lot harder, so I, I hope Parramatta beat us this weekend. I'm a bit done with this season, to be honest. Mm. Well, the Broncos, they're playing the, the dogs away, and for me, the dogs let me down the weekend. I was starting to think they were building, and they got absolutely tail whipped, so... Uh, be interesting to see because at the moment there's only a couple of teams I'm really taking seriously. Everyone else seems to, you know. That's like Penrith. I mean, look at Penrith. They've got an absolute no-name team but play with plenty of passion every week. Mm. Um, some of these teams that with the great rosters and zero effort and zero enthusiasm should take a leaf out of their book because they're just showing, they're embarrassing size at the moment. Yeah, well, before we leave that one, I've got only a simple point. Uh, I mentioned those origin plays. You're probably going to be one of the most heavily penalised teams during the origin period. But for me, if you've got those players in your side, there's got to be something wrong with the coaching. So John Cartwright, I know there's probably not many people around, but I think it's about time there's going to be some questions asked. Luke Bailey getting a contract. Bowen being offered a contract. They re-signed Matt White, who's not even playing again. He did his ACL. Minicello got another year. All these guys, I'm sorry. They're going to pay bloody uh, Sam Tompkins a million dollars. When we got Zillman and we we bought Matt Russell. I'm sorry, but all these guys, put the broom through, get some young blood in there. You've got no one in your 20s, so why don't you take a leaf out of a Panthers or a Parabook and go buy some other people's best kids and start building some blokes that you're going to bring in for 10 years. There's no foresight at all, and there hasn't been since... Probably 2010 when we made that preliminary final, everyone might have got a little bit uh, a little bit comfortable. It's a fairly similar roster that then the year after won the wooden spoon. Uh, it's like a buddy system, though. Yeah, Cartwright, all those guys that were there from the start are still there. It's it hasn't a, got anything, so it's time to put it's a rubbish through. culture. Uh, yeah. It needs to be fixed. Saturday night fixtures. We'll leave that one behind. The Dragons. They crossed. 32 to 12 over the Parramatta Eels, and what a comeback for Josh Dugan. 20, up 20 zip at half time 32-12 full time simple thing to come out of this for me ad-lib football from the Dragons wins in the game Yeah, 17-3 in the offloads 7-2 line breaks they, Steve Price the moment he finally took the keys out of the Ferrari that he crashed and said I'm not going to do what Uncle Wayne want, wanted me to do and would do my own thing yeah be your own man they look fantastic cool. the ad-lib football works Trent Merrin uh, 5 offloads again killed it scored a try early on Josh Dugan over 200 metres in his return, and they look so much better with him at the back than poor old Gerald Beale, who's, you know, not that kind of role player at fullback. He's more a centre or a wing, but, you know, yeah. Ben Cray looked good. Cameron King filled in for Mitchell Rain, who, you know, you could have put excuses there for them. And even Jamie Soud. Jamie Soud had two nice long passes for Trices. So, mm. uh, all right. I'm, I'm not going to beat up Parra too much for this one. I no, thought Parra tried they hard. tried hard. They made some errors. Uh, they Parra got, just they can't got score points. Parra yeah. can't like. For me, um, I'm moving. I'm playing Jake Mullaney at fullback, and I'm moving Jared Hayne to six. You just need more points. Yeah, so I know he's out. probably not. He's probably not a uh, a six. Uh, that's fine. But he's your best player. He's your best chance at points. Put him in a position where he has to touch a ball every set. Um, he can he can still return kicks. Yeah, and, and no offense. I, I just they got to shake it up a little bit because I think their effort. They're not getting rewarded enough for the effort that they're putting in. No. I'm, and in years gone by, I've been the first bloke to kick power and say they, you know, they've dogging it and you know they've got the players there and they're just lacking effort. This year, it's the opposite. I think their effort's been sensational. I just don't think they've got the players, uh, you know, across the park or the first grade experience in order to know how to score points and win games. Um, and winning's a habit. They've been losing for a long time now, so uh, I think Hayne. Yeah, move him to six. Well, I, I did say it earlier in the season. Rick, Ricky Stewart said it last year, so I was surprised yeah. he didn't. But I'm, I'm going to put it to you this way. With Hop Wido coming next year, and I know heap of people are going to say he hasn't played for two years, but the bloke's only going to be 21 when he comes back, so yeah. it's like he's coming back fresh. If I'm in charge next year, 
I've got six kids I've debuted, and you know the likes of Tunganor, who's fantastic. Terrapo got a double on the weekend. Piferengi. I've got six kids in. I'm doing the right thing. I've got a couple of pommies coming with international experience. Hopawade, Mulaney. If I'm in control next year, Kelly's gone. Like he tries hard, but he, you know he's, he, there's not enough class about him to play first grade. Hayne goes to six. Hopawade goes to fullback. Yeah. And I have Loco and Morgan because they want to keep Morgan. Because what, what's the use of re-signing Morgan's him? Right. But I'm just saying, if you're going to re-sign him, which they're trying to, why bother if you're going to put Hopawade and Loco in the centres? Yeah. Well, why why pay a bloke who's been chased by a couple of clubs? Just to put yeah, it back. Yeah, so if you're going to make that choice, if not, if they're going to go the opposite way, I'm, I'm with you. Mulaney has to either make his way in if Hopawato is going to play in the centres and Hayne has to go to six. Yeah. They just At the moment, it just seems to be all on Sandow uh, with a little bit of a spice from um, from Hayne. But like when you're relying on a player like Joseph Paulo to do your ball playing, mm-hmm. you're in trouble. Um, Matt Keating... I'm not going to go too much into Matt Keating bashing, but he doesn't offer that option in and no. around the ruck. He's a, he's a solid play. defensive kind yeah. of walker who just gets the ball around. Yeah. He'd be great at a club that could post 30 points a game because mm. um, he's going to make every tackle, uh, or he's going to tackle everyone that comes near him. But um, Dragons, let's you know they, they deserve the credit. They won the game. Josh Dugan was excellent. Jamie Soward was good. Their forwards went forward. I thought Trent Merrin had another barnstorm reason. Debellin off the bench too. Debellin whacked a few blokes. Good on the Dragons. I thought it was a good game of footy. I enjoyed it. Well, you know what I love about them, and this is coming from me, and I'm not exactly the biggest Dragon lover, but I love Adlib football. I've said it before. I love you, Jared Rhea Hargraves, and this old school kind of thing. I wish there was more unstructured football and a few more loose cannons back around. To me, it's all too structured. It's all too prim and proper. So I'm enjoying watching the Dragons play Well, I think, uh, for me, from a coaching perspective... I think your defence these days has got to be much more structured than what your attack has to be. I think you're almost... The game's led now to where you almost only get your benefits from playing a little bit of unstructured football on the attacking side. Defensively, you've got to be much more structured than you were probably 10 years ago, where it was just sort of bash a bloke and um, go from there. Now it's uh, much more technical than what it was, Yeah, as I said, 10 years ago. If only I was born 10 years earlier. Mm. But uh, leaving that one behind, like I said, for me, the Adlib footy is the key for them. Dugan gives them a lot more class at the back. I think they're uh, heading towards brighter things. Yeah. A couple I, of these like young Like MG forwards. last night said on the Matty John show, he thinks they could make the eight. Oh, I, I can't uh, see them in the eight. I could see them maybe at the bottom of the eight with the yeah. way people are going, but I'm, I'm not putting them you know, up that high. I think next year... They play Para. I think next year they're going to be a much better side. But uh, for Para, like I said, I'm sticking by them. Six debutants, they're all trying hard. Yeah, they'll, they'll beat the Titans this weekend. They're, they're going to go you know, up and down during the year, but I, I like what Ricky Stewart's done. I'm looking forward to next year for them. I think it's going to be a real positive time. But uh, moving on to the other game, the Roosters, the Cowboys, 12-8 up there, great result, and uh, defense does it again for the Roosters in what was almost a bloody tropical thunderstorm. Yeah, well, the game wasn't what we thought it was going to be. Uh, the conditions totally changed it, hurricane-like conditions, but the Roosters are going to look at this win, um, as they probably will at a couple of, of crucial wins they've had, in tight games, the Manly one also springs to mind, that are going to land them in the top four. Mm. Uh, and losing them may be the difference between not making the eight at all. So uh, the Roosters, tough, gritty. Uh, I thought Mitchell Pearce was best on ground. He uh, outplayed James Maloney. Um, their forwards, again, without their props in Mower and Hargreaves, uh, did a good job. Mitch Orbison, I thought, played a, a brilliant game in the wet. He runs a real nice line, Mitch Orbison. Uh, yeah. Good on him. I thought the Cowboys tried hard. Yeah. Had a chance to win the game at the end there with Ash Graham. He unfortunately couldn't get the ball down to send it to either a conversion or golden point. 
But um, yeah, that, that's just that's footy, I guess. Yeah, we all know wet weather equals no errors and limited chances. And on the Cowboys' side of things, they had more sets, and I, I reckon they well, did have. They more, had a heap more meters. They had more chances, but the Roosters' defense. I, I spring yeah. back to that again, and that that's on Trent Robertson and the attitude he's instilled in his players. Uh, like I said, Pierce. And he had a uh, probably a couple opportunities. Two of them, he put Minicello through, put Alberson through, he put a stamp on the game. So I'm happy about that being a New South Welshman yeah. uh, that he's actually shown form that justifies to be picked. I thought Mini was very safe. Two of us to Sheck again, absolutely killed it. And um, Luke O'Donnell, you know his best game so far when he come back. He made 150 meters and tried to get a stink going with Tarmia. That's why I like Luke O'Donnell from back in the day. That aggression and. Sonny Bill, again, not really highlight real moments, but 190 metres in that kind of weather, that's what you want to see for a bloke that's on massive coin. Yeah, He's willing to roll his sleeves up. The Roosters only had uh, 46% possession. Mm. They had 10 less sets overall. They made 300 less metres. Mm. They made 55 more tackles. Defense. Yeah, defense, excellent. Defense. excellent. When you look at the stats, if you had to uh, you know, put your cash on, on the team that won, you would have definitely gone the Cowboys. But yeah. They defied the stats through defensive... Um, defensive structure and, and, and a will to work for each other, which they haven't had in years gone by. Yeah, and on the Cowboys for me, I see Louis again. I'm not his biggest fan, but I think going forward, he helps Jonathan Thurston the most. So I think uh, his little moment there where he scored a try, if that's dry football, he's probably more effective. But they need him with Thurston and healthy. But they still need a nine, I think. Tarmow Scott, they did the usual, punched out their 150 apiece, uh, getting ready for origin. But besides that, uh, Kane Linnett was probably the only other one in that kind of football. 190 metres, good dummy half running, good defence, but yeah, there's still just a little bit missing there. You know, the Matt Bowen factor, there's a couple of things going on with the Cowboys, but Roosters, key word, we've just said it a million times, defence, and going forward, that makes them a premiership threat. Now, we'll take a break after those first four games, and we'll come back and we'll do the other four. Back into the other four games from the weekend. The third Saturday night fixture was the Penny Panthers at home in a 62-6 destruction of the New Zealand Warriors, who, to be quite honest, uh, deplorable is the only word I can think of. Disgraceful. And their CEO, Wayne Scurra, came out afterwards after seeing the players laughing and chatting and giggling on the field afterwards and said that's completely unacceptable and they should be ashamed of themselves. Well, when I thought the Titans would definitely be the worst performance of the weekend... The Warriors come out and just take the cake. Mm. So, uh, Penrith are excellent, excellent, excellent. And Wayne Scurra has every right to be filthy. Uh, high-fiving, smiling, hugging each other. It's Footy's even gone past me, and, you know, I'm only 26 years old. But, I mean, if I got beat 60-0, I was looking for a hole to crawl into. Uh, as the boys last night on the Matty Johns show were saying, look, they would have beaten the refs off off the field they were that embarrassed and it's a good point because I mean after that they're first grade footballers they're paid professionals and what they dished up there on Saturday night was a park level um, of game uh, as Louis chokes over here but um, Mm. Penrith excellent Uh, they're a club on the up you know I put them in my eight at the start of the year and at no stage have I felt nervous they they lost a close one to South they they hung in with the Roosters for 60 minutes they're a, uh, they're a real effort team. They probably don't have the troops here at the moment, but they're a club on the up. Well, 26 zip at half time, I kind of thought a similar result was going to happen to the Rabbitohs game. They'd come out, they'd maybe lull a little bit, maybe win 40-10, 40-20, something like that. 
But no, nah, that didn't happen. They let a try and right near the end of Manu, which I reckon would have almost hurt Penrith, which was good oh, to see. They were disappointed not yeah. to get the duck egg on the Warriors, but yeah. uh, 62-6, to six, and even more so disappointing to the New Zealand side. Six of the 11 tries that were put against them come from former players. A hat-trick from Isaac John, who not only took the ball to the line, but really took control of that side. Like He way outshone Luke Walsh in terms of controlling that team. Two from Lewis Brown, another player that moved on from there. And a bloke that I told you that I love, Matt Robinson, a great line runner, a really genuine edge back rower. He got one off Isaac John. So uh, you, you look there, Seguiaro grabbed one again. Uh, it had been announced this week that Kevin Kingston's going to be moving on, so you'd imagine the fantastic form of Seguiaro justifies, you know, young bloke who'll be taking that role next year. Yeah. Uh, Matt Moylan chimed in, a couple of tries. Oh, he's improving every week. They're, they're the three that stand out to me right now. Isaac John, Matt Moylan, and both the Robinsons, Travis Robinson and young Matt Robinson. They're four players that have come in during this injury crisis that I kind of thought would have been around the mix from the start. And I think bring Mansour back in, have Vare, James Roberts when he's healthy. These are all the kind of guys that are going to take this side forward long term. Mm. Yeah, but, uh, uh, yeah no, no doubt in my mind. Where to for the Warriors? Like... Where do they go? Well, I've, I've like, got... Saki coach, well, you suck your coach, and then... Well, I've got it pretty straightforward, and that's part of it, and part of that is... And then what do you do to why, all the players? I know, I know they all sit there, and everyone's like, it's too early, and they hired him, and he likes him, and whatnot, but from the word go, if your players are sitting there telling you that they want to be coached by a Tony Iroh or a David Kidwell, and, you know, I know the players shouldn't dictate what's going on, but if that's what's probably going to get the best result done, they should have went that way from the start. They go completely left field get Matt Elliott in, even Elisha Taylor, who's had independent for next year, was caught live on TV going, oh, really? Mm. As if, you know, it's like, what? The, where the hell does that come from? Yeah. They were doomed from the start. No offence to Matthew oh, Elliott. Well, but... and, and, you, and as Matty Elliott, you can't coach players that don't want to listen. Exactly. Well, their ears were closed from day one, so I don't blame Matty Elliott at all. I, part of me feels a little bit sorry for him because that's not a good environment. I, I mean, I haven't, I haven't been involved in an environment like that as a player um, and thank God I haven't been as a coach because mm. I can only imagine what he's what he's going through but it must be really demoralising as a coach when you're trying to put things in place and they probably are for the betterment of the team but they're not listening the players aren't listening so mm. disgraceful just key number for me 38 from 43 for the pennies 15 of 27 for the Warriors yeah. so 13 to 3 the error count great by a bunch of young players and a couple of you know no frills blokes like your yeah. Dockers yeah, you must say who got cut, Nigel Plum, guys that people look at every week, and David Simmons, people like this, and go, oh, they're not first graders. Well, guess what? They're having a dig, and that's half of what football is. Well, they're first graders on effort. Reputations will only get you so far. Playing good football wins your football games. Yeah, agreed. Uh, ahead of that was like your player of the week, Isaac John, for me. I'm looking at him right now. He's only on a one-year deal. We're hearing these murmurs about a Peter Wallace coming home or throwing big money at Benji. Stuff that. Sit down with the young bloke. You've given him a one-year deal. Saying it's been two weeks, that's not enough for us to justify throwing anything major at you, like yeah. three years or something. But may, maybe we upgrade you a little bit for next year. Well, maybe we'll just give him another year. Give him exactly, another that's year. what I'm saying. You don't have to take it all the way up here. Yeah. But right now, if Walsh is going, he's with me. He's starting with Sour next year. Yeah. And then next year, I assess the situation because you've already got an Austin sitting there still waiting. Yeah. I look at it, the market. If there's somebody there. Or at worst, I'm looking at maybe a Sam Williams or a Chad Townsend right now. If I'm going to bring anyone else in, someone who's not going to break the bank, but he's young enough and has a future. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not going for Benji Marshall. I'm not going for Peter Wallace. I'm not paying over. It's a good point because they've they've probably both played their best football. 
that that's your. Problem. But I'm, I'm just looking at the money side. Go up. Yeah, no, and and that's mm. the other side of it. Well, the money side of it is a huge side yeah. of it. And for Penrith, mm. and we we got we've got a lot of emails, we've got a lot of messages, got a lot of uh, posts on our Facebook page from Penrith fans saying, "Oh, why don't they go after Marshall? Why don't they go after whoever?" Why do you want them? Look, just at the moment, you're you know the whole letting Luke Lewis go, Gordon go. Jennings go was because the cap hadn't been managed properly. So that'd be irresponsible of Gould and Cleary to go out and then again use the cap irresponsibly. Because mm. what happens if you sign Marshall to okay four million uh, four years, eight hundred thousand dollars a year, and then ne- this time next year he's playing the same as he is now, or he's injured? Well, like you just that's a million dollars a year salary cap gone. You're playing on a salary cap of four point seven. Mm. So but look what they what get you're saying is right. You yeah. can get two or three players. Good young players for the but price that you get, Marshall. If John's doing the job right now, and you've got Soward coming, who you paid pretty cheap for, who's going to replace Walsh? And to be honest, is probably similar to Walsh except running the ball and yeah. a good kicking game. I'm not breaking the bank to try and get results next year. I'm continuing to do what they're doing right yeah, now. Just put Moylan, the, the Robinsons, James Roberts. These kind of guys are all coming in on low coin. They're doing the job. Build that up, and then when the team's going well, they're going to be able to get on the market. And say, well, you know what? Do you want to come play here? You know what? Penrith are building at the right time too because mm. the salary cap's going up every year mm. uh, incrementally. So Penrith are going to be able to lock guys up for four years and I really think they're in the best position to probably be a top four side in two years just because they've they've cut all that fat whereas other players have got those guys under contract. Mm. So if they play this smartly, two years' time, they're going to have a hell of a roster. And look at it anyway. Gordon got injured again on the weekend. He's on yeah. Bitcoin. He's 29. Luke Lewis, Lewis, Lewis is 30-something years old. He's injured again. So I know these people yeah. get attached, and they've been, they have been they were there for a long time. I'm all for that. But at the same time... And Jennings, had, like, we both know Michael. I played a lot with Michael. Jennings had his chances. He, he, he'd uh, stuffed up a few times. He wasn't getting along with some of the players at Penrith. It was just time for both him and the club to move on. I don't buy into any of this crap that, oh, Jennings is playing to... You know, stick it up Gould and stick it up Cleary. Nah. That's biting the hand that fed. Like he, he knows damn well that Penrith put him in, in the position he's in now. Uh, you know, it's it's very sad that it had to come to the point that he had to move somewhere else. But the way that the club went and the way that things had been managed off the field by the people in the front office mm. had probably put him in that situation. I don't think it was a, you know, Jenko doesn't like Ivan or Gus doesn't like Jenko or, or you know, any of those combinations. So you're paying I think a it was just a situation. You're paying about that much money. You yeah. want something out of him. And I know we're seeing now what happens when he gets good service because he wasn't getting yeah. it. I'm going to defend yeah. that side of it. Oh, definitely. But and at the I same time, him. he could have done little things like coming to dummy half, pop his head up a little bit more, knock out the drink, and you don't have these problems. So. The thing that annoys me also is the Penrith fans this time last year were saying, oh, Michael Jennings does nothing and yeah, well, stands out there and does nothing. Well... You know, he didn't have the guys there to give him the service, so... Yeah, we'll, we'll get off that one because we're getting a bit excited, but I'm really hoping this Penrith situation, like I said with power, there's not, nothing I love more than especially these two. They're, they're Western powerhouses. We've got the biggest junior pool. Yeah. These two clubs need to be in the eight, yeah. and I'm glad that they're both getting debutants in there. Things are building nicely, especially for Penrith at the moment, but I'm hoping that, you know, next year... Power, or the year if after, they manage things right, they're probably a year behind. They're, yeah. they're where Penrith are, were last year. Hmm. I'm looking forward to hopefully both of them being back in the eight sometime very soon. Warriors, I'll stick with what I said before. They need to have a shake-up, not just from the coach. There's got to be some players in there. Like they re-signed Flatty Mateo. I'd just league. start flogging them. If I was Elliot, I'd just start bashing them, flogging them. Just, if, if they don't want to put in the effort, then just go right back to basics, Matty, and just smash them 
with fitness, smash them with you know contact drills, yeah, wrestle, and just, yeah, all, the, just all, all the basics. Get them back to doing the basics. Right. They either want to play football, they don't. Yeah, and, from... and get the CEO down there to show you, show him what you're doing, and show him that you know it's not it's not a lack of preparation that's costing the side. It's a lack of attitude and effort on the field. The only thing I can defend for them is people are saying, "Oh, what about all these under 20s They've had to let go of the last couple of years. At the same time, plenty have funneled oh. through to their first grade side. You yeah. can't keep all of them. That's not rocket science. Yeah, but, but some of them aren't ready for first grade. Mm. Which is, which is yeah, fair enough, yeah. but people are looking at Robinson and John very and saying why these guys moved on. But you can't hold on to you know copious amounts of players. You've got to have a top squad. And you've got to have to second tier. Yeah, exactly. But other clubs have need. You can't have thirty juniors over four years stay. Yeah. So for, for them, it's just a shake up. There needs to be something all the way through the club. As far as I'm concerned, there's got to be more problems than Matt Elliott and the players. Yeah, definitely. Uh, moving on. Problems were there before Matt Elliott. Oh, easily. And look what happened last year. Mm. Blue and McLennan went through the same thing. Yeah. But there's, there's a bigger problem than the coaching staff, that's for sure. Sunday's fixtures, Cronulla, 30, got over Canberra, 20. Uh, this one for me, Canberra and David Furness said at the end, 12 points very early. They conceded, and that pretty much was the difference at the end of the game. Every time you thought they were back in it, they went down by one, or they scored two again later on the second half, and they went down by another one. They got close. They missed a few goals, but in the end, that, those two early tries is what oh, killed this them. This is Canberra to me. They they get you excited and then let you yeah, down. Killed so, them. Uh, the Sharks, we should, probably shouldn't be shocked that they won. Uh, they played well. Solid. Yeah, they've defended well the last couple of uh, last couple of weeks. It all kicked off with that massive win over Newcastle and Newcastle. Now look at look at what that win looks like now after what the, the Knights did to the Bulldogs. We're going to move on to that in a second, but mm. uh, that win has uh, much more credit now. You, you look at Newcastle's home form. Um, Cronulla, yeah, they deserve to win. Yeah, well, Canberra, they scratched around. They looked like they were going to win in a couple of stages. And uh, But as you said, you, you can't just keep gifting up points, gifting up nah. points. If you make errors, you've got to be able to defend them. Well, and, and if you're going to give teams field position through penalties, you've got to be able to defend your line. Well, early on, like I said, it was 12-zip through Canberra being erratic. They, they were making me as easily, and they were looking like a chance but at the same time that early in the game they should have been asserting their dominance and just getting some kicks away they weren't doing that I just thought their defence was terrible yeah well they went down by 12 McCrone got taggered as we said before who was it that just barged over from dummy half and scored ran Uh, over about three or four Fafita scored right near the end yeah that was disgusting that was disgusting leading up to that McCrone gets KO'd 16th minute he got absolutely hammered a seal getting eaten by a great white shark was what it was compared to Uh, Milford comes on though Last 60 minutes. Yeah, well, they had a play to cover up. Yeah, scores two tries. He's been playing 20, 30 minutes every week. Sets one up. Over 100 metres, line breaks. This kid has been slowly getting, you know, put in because he's 18 and only 80 kilos. But I look at that and what McCrone's been offering. I don't know if he's injured this week or not, but the first time you've given him more than a half of football, he's killed it. I know they want to ease him into it, but at the same time, if he does that, if he's going to be doing that every week, if he's getting close to a full game, why is he sitting on the bench for? Yeah, I agree. Don't give him 20 minutes. Unless he's got, you know, injuries or he's getting beaten up and you need to give him a, a couple of weeks rest, well, then bring Sam back in or bring McCrone back in. Well, where is Williams? He's not injured. He's, no, he's playing New South Wales Cup, yeah. And obviously well, the contract talks are still this time uh, in last limbo. Year, well, this time last year, he's the bee's knees, Sam Williams. Mm. So. Well, he's taken him to the finals and he's, you know, scored a couple of trials in the way and in control and things. Well, but... McCrone's been named this week. Sam Williams has been named on an extended bench. So, I don't know what's going to happen no there. No changes. But... Yeah, he, he comes on early, but what really killed him, they got back into the game uh, after Milford scored and set one up just after half-time for uh, Blake Ferguson, but the intercept, unfortunately, by Matt McKillrick. They got a tip out of dummy half there. 
he just had one of those moments. It's like he realised he shouldn't have passed it, but he was falling and they got an offload and he threw it. Vakuya takes it to the bank. Yeah. Uh, that right there is 24-10. But also, there weren't many camera players pushing up on the board at any stage during the game. No. He just sort of the, gets out and it's like, moment, well, there's no one there, to pass though, to. That moment there after the missed goal makes it a three-try oh, gap. And, I agree. You know, yeah. Whiten and Milford again, young players doing the job, got them back within four. But exactly what you said, that late try to Fafita, who has to play Origin. I don't care what anyone thinks. He's got to be on the bench. Uh, his late try, soft defence, got him that win, 30-20. Uh, Carney and Robson, I thought, controlled that game beautifully. Fafita, another 200-metre game and a try. Uh, Graham, Hynington, Bakui, all these guys doing a great job without Paul Gallen there. Taking absolutely nothing away from the Sharks. I thought they just outplayed Canberra in all aspects. They were better defensively. They grinded them. They held the ball, and uh, they got over the line. And Canberra, it's all well and good to show these moments of brilliance, but like you said before, defensively, very weak in times when you, you need to, you know, Hold your fortress and get, yeah, a, get a good kick away and build pressure. Point. You can't win games when you can see 30 points. Simple as that. No. But I'll, I'll tell you one, one I've got to bring up. Camp Easy to me has been pretty impressive. He has been. He's after been all that time off, after a couple of weeks, I didn't think he'd get back into you know controlling the game and being so dominant that early on. But mm-hmm. uh, very good by him and Milford. But for them, pretty straightforward. We've just mentioned it. Their, their key going forward is their defence. Well, you, they go to Brookvale now, so good luck. Yeah, well, away as well. We all know they're like at Brookvale. And Cronulla, well, they've got a battle against South. They almost rolled them early in the year. And uh, they're, they're in good well, they form. they should have won that game. In great form. So Round I'll, two, I think it was, wasn't it? This, this is a contrast of styles again. And I'm really looking forward to watching if the Sharks can take South into that dirty arm wrestle again. <laughs> I don't think they can. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I think, I think South are just at a different level at the moment. I think Cronulla, they've probably played teams that they're... Uh, they've probably had a good draw the last, last three weeks. Um, but it, can I, I, I wrote them off a month ago. Well, to me, they're still in the eight. Mm. I've still got them out. But then again, I look through and I go, well, who have I got in? Mm. And I don't have many sites. Well, you can so. take the Warriors and you can take... As we said last week, there's probably Tigers. eight teams that are fighting for five spots. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, there's a couple that are pretty much and safe. Especially after Newcastle's performance. We're going to move on to that now. Mm. Uh, they won 44-8 over the Dogs up there at Newcastle. Um, you look at them now and you think... After the last two weeks, you're thinking, well, they just got smashed. This is what kills um, you. I've got this comp right now. They get a yeah. massive win. They get bashed a week before that. But you just think, you it's... look at them at home, Newcastle, you think well, they're probably going to win 10 out of 12 at home. Mm. Well, That's going to get them 20 points. Get them four, 24. It's, you're going to have to win three or four away games. Newcastle are in. Uh, and from this, it's probably thrown the spanner into the works again. Are the dogs a real deal? I still think they are. But yeah, I think that, oh, Newcastle, that's probably it's one of the most comprehensive performances I've seen from any side this season. But on top of that, look at it. I'm, I'm not writing it off. I thought that, you know, Darius Boyd had his best game. Mullen had his best game on return. But there's a couple of little kicks there that, you know, they don't come off all the time. The little chip yeah. kicks getting put through. Yeah. Uh, Cassiano got showed up by Tyron Roberts. There's some bits there. I'm, I'm not knocking it all, but especially a couple of those tries off the kicks. They don't happen every week. Yeah, things are not going to happen every week. You're but right. I, you know what sticks out in my mind, and this is what people should be looking at, was the completions. It was mm. 33 out of 40 for the Newcastle Knights, and the Bulldogs were 18 from 31. So they had significantly less ball. They completed 16 less sets. Mm. That says enough. They've got a big side that's based around going set for set and yeah. taking control with Cassiano and these bigger boys, and, and Graham come on and did his job again. He set up a try and played outstanding, but you need, yeah, well you give, you need you continuity give, uh, to win a game. You give the Tigers that much ball against South on, on Friday, and it's a different game. Yeah, so but, it, to put a different spin on it, look at it a different way. So yeah, um, but You need completions, you need continuity, 
and no errors, and no one in their whole team got over 100 metres, which well, says enough. They the didn't dogs have enough made pill. almost 100 more tackles. So. Yeah, but they didn't have enough pill, no one made over 100 metres, and tackles is energy gone. So when you get the ball back, you're very, you know, very lacklustre in attack, which they were. But yeah. on the night side of things, I'm, like I, I said... I thought at half-time, it was 12-8 at half-time, that was... Yeah. If I'm the dogs at half-time, I'm rubbing my hands together, yahooing, that we're only down by four. But more credit back to the Knights. They built, yeah. they built pressure all half, and I thought, you've let yourself down there. Letting the yeah, late but try. They made it. They made it count later. The penalty, in the game, but yeah, Cade Snowden, two hundred and twenty meters. Robbie Rocco's developed into a great player. Mm. He's run some nice lines. I uh, thought Sims and Cuthbertson off the bench, both over a hundred. I, I keep saying it. You need to have good bench players, and they're getting plenty out of theirs at the moment. Yeah, and, well, it's uh, one to seventeen going now. Mullen, Mullen and Roberts, outstanding in the halves. Gidley, okay at nine, starting to get better in that role. And Darius Boyd, mate, where you been? That's all I've got to say. He's uh Queensland and Australian International, that kind of game he played on the weekend needs to be a more common occurrence. And I think Wayne Bennett should, you know, probably be taking a little more responsibility. For I'm not saying he babies him, but I think he doesn't put enough pressure on Darius Boyd to do the job. Yeah, good point. It's probably because he's his love child. He follows him everywhere. It's like his little long-lost son. So. I love you, Daddy. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know. That's uh, It's a good question. It's probably one that... Uh, a lot of the Newcastle journos will be asking this week uh, with their prickly uh, relationship with Darius Boyd. So it's, it's a bit of the Forrest Gump story here. Every time Jenny runs away, yeah. he, he seems to find her again. Every time Wayne decides to move, Darius is right behind him. Go, I love you, Jenny. <laughs> he's right on the coattails. But uh, I think he's a fantastic player. Like it's the same thing I've said a million times before about a Jared Hayne or a Benji Marshall. I don't bag these blokes out because I don't like them. I bag them out because they're absolutely exceptional. Because they've got rugby, high ceilings and they don't rugby league players. And I want to yeah. watch them. You know, I get excited to watch these guys, but week after week, you don't see enough on a consistent basis. I'm so. going to throw something out there too. What annoys me about Darius Boyd? Every time he gets a penalty, he gets up and throws the ball at the player that, <laughs> that gave away the penalty. He's got, got a bit oh, of that you're just a germ. Look, eventually, someone's going to turn around and just floor him, and I'm going to go. Well, that's for the hundred and one times you got away with it, Darius. Yeah, he's never thrown one at an angry front row. <sighs> Would, well, I, I, I don't think you'd say he just gets. He's got that look about him. I just you just want to crack him if you're a forward, like and you get in there and you tackle him and um, get him on the ground and you get penalised and he throws a ball at you. Like it's just it's irritating. Mm. It's irritating to watch. Yeah, well, like I said, the only thing that was irritate, only person that was irritated on Sunday was Des Hazel. They got towed up, but we'll leave that one behind and move on to the last game of the round, a ten-all draw in Melbourne on Monday night. This game was just <laughs> it had everything. I'd have to say, for the, from a player's point of view, though, I bet it was painful. You just, oh, it would have been. It was just a war. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The whole time, it dragged on. They got into extra time. They all were absolutely dead. And then as we got our question of the week, if you heard earlier on the Fast Five, Kieran Foran just said, you know, it's almost depressing or, you know, you just feel a bit drained after 90 minutes to not get a result. But at the same time, I, I can't knock either side. I thought 8-0 at half time, Manly were definitely in control. Melbourne were very erratic early on their sets. Uh, Any time they got some good ball, they uh, just absolutely bombed it. Too many errors. Second half finishes up. Eight all, 
at one stage there. Uh, or ten all at the end, sorry, we get a penalty goal late on. The field goals and extra time are absolutely horrible, but here lies the key. 1,800 metres from Melbourne to 1,300. Mm. They had all these repeat sets they set up. Yeah, but they were, and, you know, the key to it all, though, and the penalties were 10-5, obviously. Uh, Tubes had a bit of a blow up about that, but Manly's defence was tops. But at the same time, Melbourne, I don't, I don't understand why we're using that play. That's all well and good. But we're not being direct anymore. We, we were too sideways. We kept trying to shift, and it was kind of dewy and wet. Like, I don't understand why we tried they, to play they, around them. I thought the conditions favoured Manly last night. I think on a dry track, Melbourne in form, with the amount of possession they had, they win by probably three tries. Uh, you know, anyone can argue with me on that. I just, I know the Melbourne uh, that are clinical, and, and well, the Melbourne that put 40 past Manly last year in the preliminary final. Uh, with that amount of possession, um, that sort of a penalty count. Need to get points. Well, Jeff Toovey, just on Jeff Toovey, and I'm not Jeff Toovey's greatest fan, and he probably doesn't listen to this podcast, and, you know, I, I, to be honest, I don't want him to listen to the podcast because I don't like him. But, <laughs> um, mate, stop whinging. You just, he gets in there and has a cry every week. They should just, he should be sponsored by Kleenex, and they should have a box ready for him at every, uh, every press conference. Your team pushes the bar every week. You push, you know, the line between... Uh, disciplined and ill-disciplined or um, grubby and dirty and uh, legal, you're always pushing that line. So when you sail close to the wind, eventually you're going to get burned. Uh, last night, I thought 10 penalties to Melbourne probably wasn't enough for the amount of crap that was going on in the, in the rucks and the slow-down tactics uh, and the like. So uh, wake up to yourself, Jeff. You know That's obviously in your game plan. Your game plan was to have the hands all over the ball, slow Melbourne down. Did a good job of it. You got a draw out of it. Um, but I think the referees sort of, for the first half, I thought they let a lot of it go. And then it seemed like at half time someone had tipped them up on, hang on a minute, they're grabbing the ball and slowing the play down. Uh, and there was just a, a real outburst of penalties at the start of that second half. So, mm. um, But for me, and Melbourne aren't perfect either, but if you go back and watch that game, watch it on pause and watch the wrestling tactics in the ruck from Manly and then watch them from Melbourne, don't... Ever, and I don't go for Melbourne, you go for Melbourne, so I'm going to leave you out of this. You don't yeah, have to well, comment on it. Say, I'll come but, after it. But uh, the ruck for, for Manly and their slowdown tactics are 10 times worse than what Melbourne are doing. So people need to wake up. I mean, Melbourne may have implemented the first wrestling coach, yes. Okay, Craig Bellamy may have introduced uh, wrestling to the NRL, yes. But are they the worst wrestling team and do they win because they wrestle? No. Um he, he saw it as an advantage, and this is going back five, ten well, we're, years ago. We're not, we're, I'll tell you what. I, when he I, first came in. And I bring this up because I know we brought it in, but we're not the most dominant team anymore. That's what I'm saying. No, but purely on the team that we had when we cheated, we had a massive side. We had internationals on our bench. So we had a big enough side that we not only did we run over the top of you and blow you away with our back line, yeah, but, but we, domi- we dominated, we dominated sides, sides yeah. but we also had those three players. We don't have the same side. We've yeah. got some scraps. They work hard, but the quality of our ruck is not what it was a couple of years and, ago. And to the people on Facebook and Twitter that just bash me and say, oh, you know, you love Melbourne. I don't love or hate Melbourne. I, when the Titans play Melbourne, I want the Titans to beat Melbourne. I, you know, Melbourne's got half the bloody Queensland origin side in it that I, you know, scream for blood for three times a year. Um, am I in love with Melbourne? No. Do I respect what Melbourne do? Yes. Do I think that they're the best coach side in the league? Yes. Do, you know... We can just keep going on and on. Don't 
hound me with this crap that oh you know you hate Manly or you love Melbourne. It's not that at all. Well, I just your think favourite player is Kieran Foran. So. Yeah, yeah. Like Kieran Foran to me, he's one of the you know the only Manly players that doesn't sail close to the wind, and he just hits blokes hard um, and plays tough. I, I love him, but. Um, for me, I'm a bit sick of the Melbourne bashing. And, you know, if you said it, you'd sound biased. I go for the Titans. I work at Penrith. I have nothing to do with Melbourne. But the Melbourne bashing just annoys me. We just bash them up and bash them up because they're, they're the best side in the comp. So get over it. Don't get bitter, Jeff Tuvey. Get better, champ. Mm. Well, this is a bit what I've said about Manly. Everyone says, oh, you would hate Manly because I'm a Melbourne supporter. I don't hate Manly. No. I respect, respect Manly. I respect yeah. Manly because they, they were similar to us in the 90s. They were dominant and everyone hated them for that reason. And, yeah. you know... Well, same, I don't think those just, sides sail close to the wind. Yeah, but just on the cheating thing too, get over that. Like everyone keeps going, oh, you know, once cheaters, always cheaters. We got 99 yeah. and we got last year. So until something if else anything, comes out, just at the up. moment, they're the only side that everyone knows isn't cheating because well, they're the ones that the got ones hammered under and the under the pump. So, and please, if you think that Melbourne were the only ones systematically cheating the cap, no. were, have been, will be in the future, wake up to yourself. I mean, it's just the fact that Melbourne got caught. Um, and I'm happy to admit that. Of course it's happening. We got caught. We, like, we, the we got to, caught too. <laughs> we know some ex-players and, um, you know, you hear some of the stories that went on in the 80s and 90s. Um, some of my old football coaches out here at Penrith, uh, some of the stories that, that um, they've they've told us in, you know, having a couple of beers or at a barbecue, you just, you think, well, today, uh, they're nowhere near what used to go on in the old days mm. um, in terms of brown paper bags and, and, and the shenanigans that used to go on. But, I mean, the game's more professional, so obviously it's moved that way, and 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 that's how things are. But um, I'm just a little bit over the manly um, mentality, this this siege mentality. Everyone's against us. They're not against you. I don't, I don't hate manly. Um, do I like Melbourne better than manly? Yes, that's just because I think Melbourne a better coach, better system, um, and manly I just think rely too much on this bash mentality. And if that doesn't work, they just throw their hands up and have a sook at the press conference. Mm. We're getting back on topic because you've just absolutely ran, no, ran a train on everything. I just, I'm, a little, I'm a little bit sick of it on Facebook. Just, just, just a little touch back onto that. The penalty count was in Melbourne's favour, yes. Errors were heavily in Manly's favour. I looked at it. As far as sets given from one team to another, it was 19 all. So no one can complain. No. It was dead even as far as errors and penalties in the end, 19 apiece. But I thought there was a couple of dodgy calls that went against um, Manly uh, that, that Jeff could have whinged about. But I thought there were a couple that went against Melbourne, i.e. the George Tafua take out, you know, the catcher. Um, I think the kick went up. So I don't, I don't whinge about the blockers anymore because there's too many in every game where you could sit there and go, well, they deserve two more penalties for blockers or they deserve three. That that happens every the week. The one but... with the, what's the fullback's name? The young fullback for... Peter Hicku. Yeah, Hicku. I, th- I didn't think he knocked that ball on. Um, nah. come off his leg. So, But they went both ways. Yeah. So wake up. But in the end, you Gareth know... Gareth playing I think, Yeah, I was about to say, to, yeah. back to the game, two sideways for me was Melbourne. Uh, Widop, he's been missing since he signed his contract, which is yeah. all well and good. But I know a lot of people probably hate Brett Finch, and I'm not his biggest fan either. But if you've watched the 11 in a row that we've won in the New South Wales Cup, that bloke's just prime yeah. as far as his contribution. So if he's not doing the job in a few weeks, I'd rather just see Finch in there. Well, they did put Finch on along. the bench a couple of weeks ago, didn't they? Yeah. Did they use him? Uh, no. He got like four minutes at the end of the game. Yeah. But so I'm, I'm saying it. I know that I know Widop's going, and Finch is you know probably hanging around as an option for next year, but. I'm not. I'm not hesitant. If someone's not doing the job, and he's, you know, I know he's consistent. Yeah, he's an age veteran. He's better than what he was when he was younger. That's for sure. I'm happy enough to see Finch come in and just do a small role for us. But 
Uh, Mahe Fanua, he needs a spell in New South Wales Cup. <laughs> Mahe Manua, we're as mi- our we're, old man called him. We're, 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 <laughs> missing, we're missing Matt Duffy's out for the rest of the year. Young Tonema P is hurt. Uh, we're, we're lacking some outside backs, which is a result of the, the old salary cap pushing players out. So Melbourne are in a situation where they've got no one really in their 20s that they want to debut either. So Mahe's probably going to hold that spot. But uh, I thought Billy Slater, safe as a bank. CC Wonga, uh, underrated, 150 metres, great game. A lot of dummy half running. Bromwich, 170. Norrie, uh, Harrison Rolls, very good off the bench. And, you know, Manly, I, I love George Tafua. Absolutely love the bloke. Gets out of dummy half. Hard work. Uh, one of Jamie Lyons' better games. Kieran Foran, as we both said last night, just wow. Mm. Kick chases, his defence. Uh, Cherry Evans as well. I think Cherry Evans doesn't get enough raps in that relationship. What about the 40-20 he pulled off? Not even night? the 40-20. The Crap. try assist and him running the ball. And I, I think he's one of the better defensive halves, which is what kept him behind Hodkinson when Hodgkin debuted. Yeah. They said he can't tackle or he's too small. Bullcrap. Yeah. I don't care how skinny the bloke is. It's, it's like a... A bloke like Reynolds, he may be small, but until you've watched him play first grade, you know, you, you can't write him off. Give him a chance, and uh, look how that's worked out. Hodkinson isn't such a big loss now. Cherry Evans, as far as I'm concerned, has got that utility spot wrapped up for Queensland, and he'll be groomed the same way that Cronk was. So in a couple of years, when Cronk moves on, uh, Cherry Evans will move straight into that seven jersey. Mm. But yeah, agree. Watmel, 160 metres, great game again. And uh, Justin Horro, you know, he's been really good since he's gone to Manly. Uh, I just want to give him a oh, been He played sensational last night. He had a rough trot, obviously, at Parra, and Kearney didn't want him, which I think was, was a bit petty. And uh, the last one out of that was probably Matt Balance, 64 tackles. That bloke does all the spade work for me. And he's a, a solid bloke, not not the flashiest player in the world. But in the end, all these stats, uh, you know, they, they add up to exactly what we said. It was a very even game. It was tightly contested. No one could kick a field goal, but Whitoff almost punted one from 55 on full time, yeah. which was... Yeah, as soon as he, they threw the pass back, I thought, oh, pff, yeah, good luck. And he absolutely corked it. But uh, in the end, is it a fair result? Maybe. Uh, it was an even game, I think, over the end of it. If you looked at it, the stats were pretty much even. But I, I'm with Kieran Foran, hence our question of the week. After 90 minutes, I want to see something. Look, if I'm a player, I'm disappointed to go away with one point. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it's got to change. Unlimited time. Like, if, you, if you're going to play the extra 10 minutes, you have to get a result. You just mm. have to keep playing until... Uh, someone scores a point or scores a try. Mm. Well, that wraps up the reviews for this weekend, so we'll get into the Degenerate Gambler section. For all the latest rugby league gear, head into Leagues and Legends, now based at Shell Harbour, Mount Druitt Westfield and Campbelltown Mall Store. Or check them out online at www.nrlstore.com.au. For fifth and last listeners, you can receive free delivery on any 2013 adult NRL jersey. Be quick, Jersey selling fast. Remember, www.nrlstore.com.au. Leagues and legends. All right, Degenerate Gambler section. Boxhead's going to run us through the games and we'll uh, have a dig and see if there's any value. All righty, West Tigers, they kick us off on Friday night. Leichhardt Oval, West Tigers three twenty-five. Cowboys $1.35. The start is 8 and a half to the West Tigers. Well, if eight and a half's there for the Cowboys with them missing no players, I don't care how bad they've played, you've got to get some value out of eight and a half on You'd the go Cowboys, eight surely. And a half. Yeah, $1.90. The not Tigers have got price. no one. I don't care how bad the Cowboys are playing. That, that's the first good price that you've got for the Tigers the last few weeks. They've been eight bucks. Yeah. I, uh, I feel a little bit of a bounce-back factor coming on in the second game. Canterbury versus uh, the Broncos at ANZ Stadium. Dogs $1.65. The Broncos two twenty-five. The start is three and a half. 
uh, to the Broncos at a dollar ninety. See, this is another one of those games where I look at it and think it should be more even. I don't know how the Bulldogs can get beat by forty. Brisbane can get a win, but all of a sudden they're still, you know. I've got to be honest. I quite like the Dogs minus three and a half at a dollar ninety. Uh, Saturday's games, the Dragons. They're at home. I think this one's at Cogra, or was Cogra? Yeah, it was down in Wollongong last week. Cogra this week. The Dragons a dollar forty-eight. The Penny Panthers two seventy. Uh, six and a half to Penrith at a dollar ninety. Well, if I was going to have a straight lash as I did last week, and all three burned unfortunately, but if I was going to have a straight lash on value, the Panthers are in good nick. Even though the Dragons are too, I'd probably have a stab at two seventy. Yeah, I think you can get a uh, dollar sixty about plus twelve and a half on the Panthers. I wouldn't yeah, mind I a crack at that. Uh, or the other, well, the massive, huge game this Saturday night: the Roosters at home at the SFS against the Storm. Roosters a dollar sixty-five favourites. Melbourne Storm two dollars twenty-five. Uh, the line is plus three and a half to the Storm. Well, this one's hard for me, but the way we're playing at the moment, to be honest, I think the only thing that's probably going to help us out is those front rowers being gone. But even with that, I think the Roosters are going to beat us this weekend. Well, you look at I look at the form out of that Brookvale. Uh, Roosters Manly game. It was a four-point game heading into the end. I, I don't know. I, again, I think the Roosters may may get the cash later in the year. If you ask me the question whether the Roosters will get the cash over Melbourne, I don't think they will. So this is the best shot for them. I quite like Melbourne. Twelve and a half start. I think it's about a dollar fifty. So I'll be taking that. Uh, Manly. The last game on Saturday night. Manly against Canberra at Brookie, a dollar forty-five. Manly, two eighty. Canberra, plus six and a half to the Raiders. Yeah, I don't think I'd really be touching too much on this one. I, I, Canberra let me down last week. I thought they were great odds at about two forty against the Sharks, and they burned me. So yeah, I, I like Manly. I, I think they'll be I'd smarting from that, that Manly. Loss. Manly in a multi wouldn't be too bad. I don't think. Yeah, uh, the first Sunday game. The Warriors over in New Zealand, two dollars twenty-five. Newcastle, a dollar sixty-five favourites. Uh, three and a half to the Warriors. Is three and a half enough? No. You'd be taking the Knights minus three and a half mm-hmm. over in New Zealand. Yeah. I'd New Zealand doesn't worry you. Nah. No. Okay. Fair enough. I'm probably with you on that. Uh, the other Sunday afternoon game, Parramatta Eels and the Gold Coast Titans in sunny old Mudgee, Mudgee. Place, place close to our heart, obviously with the grandparents out there. Um, I'm hoping that it just whizzes down rain for the next three days and. I can get out there and the junior footy's called off, but um, we'll wait to see whether that, that actually happens. Parramatta, $2. The Gold Coast Titans, eighty favourites, plus one and a half to the Eels. I'd probably have a stab at 12 and a half in a multi with Parramatta, to be honest. Yeah, um, I think if the Gold Coast win, it won't be my much. Uh, Parramatta, we, you know, we only played them probably five weeks ago, I think, and we were down by 16 with 20 to go and somehow won. So maybe I'm I'm hoping that we're of the theory that the Titans learnt their lesson with the close shave they had against Parramatta, but based on their performance last week, they're going to have to improve a lot. Monday night football, uh, the South Sydney Rabbitohs, dollar thirty-five. Cronulla Sharks, three twenty-five. The line is plus eight and a half to the Sharkies. You see this, and I look at and I think twelve and a half because the Sharks aren't going to give away. Well, I hope they're not going to give away as many points. They play a real dirty game. I think they can yeah. maybe do what they did last time. I see South winning, but I think they can drag South into that dirty arm wrestle they did earlier in the year again. All right, I'm going to have a multi this week. Uh, the Bulldogs minus three and a half at a dollar ninety. Penrith plus twelve and a half at a dollar fifty, and the Storm plus twelve and a half at a dollar fifty. Yeah, I'd be combining up some twelve and a half. Probably the Storm. Uh, the Panthers and Parramatta. I'd, I'd be combining a couple of those together and get yourself like a nice two fifty three bucks. Well, mine's paying uh, four dollars twenty, so I'm pretty happy with that. Mm. Better the week, I think, for me. 
Uh, Panthers with 12.5 against the Dragons. Well, if I was just going to have a lash at something they gave half decent odds, it'd probably be Penrith straight or Paris straight at two bucks. Yep. If you weren't looking at lines, you were and just if, looking for well, a result. If you like Melbourne, if you think Melbourne are going to beat the Roosters, get on just head to head. Yeah, well, it's, it's not very game. often you get $2.25 for them. No. But uh, last game before the origin period, I think they'd really want to win, so I'm hoping they bring their A game this weekend. But I'm, uh, I look at the Roosters right now, and I, I can't see them losing, but I, I hope I'm wrong. Mm. But uh, we'll leave this now, and... Uh, it seems that a lot of people have been getting confused when we post up Lenny and uh, Graham and people keep saying, oh, don't you know who Laurie and Gordon are? Well, uh, grow a brain. <laughs> yeah. Of course we know who they are. Oh. We've even wrote up there, Lost Brothers. So before you go commenting, ask saying, oh, maybe more people would listen to the podcast if you actually knew who they were, who their names were. You're obviously not listening to read, the podcast. Just read the top, you know, read the top. It says they're Long Lost Brothers. So it's a bit of a skit. No need to get fired up about it. Yeah, Have a listen, have a laugh. If you don't like it, don't listen. Simple. But uh, we'll get a bit of news now from uh, Laurie and Graham and see what's going up in the sunny old Tenterfield and in Mackay. How are you? Hey, Lenny, it's uh, Brock from the Fifth and Last Podcast, buddy. How you going? Not too bad, Brock, yourself? Yeah, not too bad, buddy. Last week you told us you heard of a bit of an incident, a biting incident. So uh, how'd you go at the judiciary, mate? Well, I did uh, get a bit ruthless last week and attacked the forearm of a player with my cheeks, but all is well. I took a couple of slabs to the judiciary meeting, which was held in a cow paddock in Centrefield, and I was cleared after handing over a couple of cartons of cheese and also destroying the video evidence that was supposedly existent but is not no more. Oh, nothing like a bit of bribery, mate, huh? Problem solved in the country, <laughs> matter. Gotta love it. Uh, well, having a look at the New South Wales, former some New South Wales players, uh, obviously the side's named on Monday. Um, probably the one on the weekend that had an absolute Barry Crocker found himself in the sin bin, Greg Bird. What did you make of that? Yeah, well, Greg is a good player, so I don't think that could really deter him being picked from the New South Wales origin team. He's obviously a leader and has many man-of-the-match performances at that level, so not too much to worry about in terms of the Birdman. But I gave you the tip last week about Andrew Fafita and what a game he had on the weekend. Well, they're saying that, uh, you know, having a baby has, you know, bought a new lease of life and, and made Andrew Fafita play better. What's your thoughts on that, Lenny? Yeah, well, when my missus had a baby, I had a new lease on life as well, and that was to drink more dinnies and go to the pub looking for women because yeah. the well dried up soon after the child arrived. Well, that's fair enough. Plenty of wetting the head then, huh? Oh, wetting the head in more than one way if you catch my drift. <laughs> oh, well, the one for me, uh, you know, I don't know what Lewis's opinion is on this. He's just in, ducked off to the toilet. But uh, Mitchell Pearce, I thought he had a great game on the weekend uh, for the Roosters, and he really seems to be justifying your brother's uh, you know, faith in him. Yeah, well, he certainly put his stamp on that game and took it away from the Cowboys. And two weeks in a row now, young Pearce has got over Manly and now the Cowboys. So two out of the three on his Queensland halfback battle hit list with Cooper Cronk this weekend, the final hurdle 
to overcome leading into playing for the New South Wales team. Well, um, the other one for me, the bench utility spot for New South Wales. So you're you're in the uh, the inner sanctum. You're uh, obviously Laurie's long lost brother. Um, who are you getting mail in on? Um, you know, in regards to who's going to get that spot on the bench for the Blues. Well, Kurt Gidley, of course, is the love child of the Australian selectors and New South Wales selectors. So, unfortunately, I feel that he will continue in that bench role. But if it was myself, I'd be more leaning towards a player like Josh Reynolds from the Bulldogs or a John Sutton, even, who has come up. And people keep questioning his ability, but you've only got to look at his form for his club team. He can play on the halves and in the back row. So he more than accounts for a player that could move into the Origin arena. Oh, I've got to agree with you there. I think I think Sutton's going to be the one. Uh, finally, before we let you go, Todd Carney or uh, James Maloney, mate, for the sixth spot? Well, for the whole year and the fact he wasn't injured and his Pierce's club partner, I would stick with. Maloney, he is that dirty kind of player that will get down in the trenches in an origin game. But if Carney was selected on current form after having a bit of a layoff, I would not be disappointed. Okay. Well, maybe you should get in Laurie's ear because uh, there's a couple of news releases and articles out tonight that um, he really doesn't know who he's going to pick in that in that position. So uh, get into his ear because uh, we here at the fifth and last we think that Maloney should get the spot over Carney. Yeah, well, I will get into his ear, but as I've said before, most of the phone calls that he does answer are on private at four in the morning with me abusing him. Well, but I'll do my best. Fair enough, Lenny. All right, mate. Well, the side's picked this week. Fingers crossed that we can pick a side that will be competitive. We'll uh, get your thoughts on the team this time next week, mate, if that's all right. Yep, and fingers crossed that Lenny finally gets a call up to be the Orange Boy or yeah. Physio or tinny tester before the boys come back in and crack a few beautiful all right mate talk next week no worries bye-bye see ya well once again prophetic words from the great lenny daly we'll have him on next week to discuss uh the new south wales team that will be selected this monday night uh we're now going to get onto the phone get the queensland perspective from graham tallis Hey, mates, it's uh, Brock from the Fifth and Last Podcast. Graham, how are you, buddy? Yeah, not too bad, mate. How about yourself? Yeah, not too bad, buddy. You, uh, you said you were going to give us the inside word this week on uh, Wayne Bennett and his relationship with your brother Gordon. Obviously, it's made some news this week. Matty Johns pushed the, pushed the barrow last Monday night on the Matty Johns show. Have you got anything for us? Oh, well, mate, I, I gave him a call, like, you know what I mean, and I, I had to talk to him about it, but... Pretty much the same reception he gave to Matty. Like you talk to all your school teachers or your ex coaches, like they they didn't see eye to eye on everything. But uh, yeah, that that's about as far as he wanted to go with it. So unfortunately, uh, even digging in the cookie jar, I couldn't seem to pull one out. But uh, oh, yeah. I'll uh, I'll work on it and see if I can get anything. But it's a bit of a touchy subject for the big fella. How long did it take Gordon to get that sentence out, mate? Oh, yeah, it wasn't too bad, you know. Like, we're both pretty sharp characters, so, yeah. Well, brains of the game. All right, we'll jump into some things uh, pertaining to the Queensland team. Obviously, Dave Taylor, um, he's up for suspension. Looks like he may miss Origin 1. 
Ben Hannett is already out. Is there uh, a bit of trouble brewing in the Queensland uh, camp, you think? Oh, well, seven in a row, you know, like you can't panic too much. And Dave Taylor, like, just stupid place. So deservedly so, he's, he's going to contest the charge. But as far as I'm concerned, I think he's in a bit of trouble, if you know what I mean. No. But with Hannett out, they've got players such as Nate Miles, who's played tight for his club, but Friday plays tight for the Broncos at the moment. So, uh, you know, Parker plays that middle role and he'll probably be on the bench and Theo's a big boy, so they've got options if Taylor's not there and Hannett's not there. But uh, worst case, uh, young Joshy Maguire from the Broncos, he's a prop that can put him on the bench if they want to. So I don't see too many problems. Uh, the other 14 or 15 players are, are pretty much sorted out, you know what I mean? So, like... It's not too much of an issue to pick up one or two to complete the squad. Well, there's a lot of uh, rugby league scribes out there this week who are comparing the play of Dave Taylor to your brother, Gordon. They're saying that he's a bit a bit loose and erratic and uh, wants to constantly argue with referees and get himself in trouble with the law. What do you make of that, mate? Oh, mate, I think that's a bit harsh to compare him to Dave. And I said the other week that me and Dave get along pretty good, but... At the same time, I think Gordon was a lot more consistent than Dave. And Gordon's come out before and criticised Dave. And uh, even though I'm buddies with the big boy and we love giving each other an electric shock or two or playing a game of Uno, which is a fantastic game, mind you. <laughs> but, you know, well, Gordon Gordon's, uh, definitely was a more consistent player. And, yeah, he was plenty of fiery, but that's just a bit of passion, you know what I mean? A couple of fireflies in the belly. Oh, fair enough. All right, the uh, the wing spot for Queensland, a lot of contention around it. Uh, the majority of people obviously saying that they'll stick with Brent Tate. Oh, I think he's out of form for me. Uh, I'd be looking elsewhere. Uh, his teammate Ash Graham, uh, a specialist uh, finisher. What are your thoughts on that, mate? What do you where do you think Queensland will go? Well, mate, I'll buzz like you, Brent Tate, with the, you know the guard on his back. Uh... He's been there, done that, but as far as I'm concerned, Ash Graham's lucky to have not played there before. He's uh, an outstanding finisher and a very solid player. And yeah, Brent Tate in the centres this year, even though a wing's a bit different and he won't have to do as many tackles, I, uh, I'd much rather have Ash Graham outside me if I'm a Hodges or an English, because if you put the work in to set up the tray, you know what I mean? Like, Ash Graham's the kind of bloke who's going to get the ball over the line. Well, fair point. I know Queensland are a very loyal state. I don't know why they don't give Ty Williams a call and put him on a wing. I think he'd do the job for him. Oh, Ty Williams wasn't bad back in the day. Got to miss the old Madison headgear. It's a good piece of gear, that one. It is, mate. Finally tonight, uh, we've just got a couple of inside words that are, that are telling us that uh, you may be um, signing a sponsorship uh a sponsorship deal with Wheatbix, you and your brother, to be similar to the uh, the old Lee brothers. Any truth to the rumour? Oh, there might be uh, something in the pipeline, but uh, obviously good old Sanitarium, they're pretty, pretty big after a line a couple of years ago where there was a kick that was caught on the full by someone in the in goal and didn't quite get over the fullback's head to the winger that was trying to score it. Gordon famously said that if he had one more week, big old man, then that would have gone over into his head and been a try. But, uh, yeah, you might see our big heads on the box together, you know, playing a game of Uno or Mousetrap on the cover and having a bowl of Whitbicks in the morning. And, uh, yeah, Whitbicks are good for us. So, kids, uh, yeah, Mate, I think they'd have trouble fitting both your heads on that uh, Wheat Bix box, but that's a discussion for another time, mate. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Obviously, the Queensland side is named 
uh, next Tuesday. So it'll be hot off the press when we talk to you next week. Look forward to getting your thoughts then, mate. Yeah, no worries. And for everyone out there, uh, yeah, like, have a good one and get a forex and a palmy into you. Good on you, mate. See you, Well, there it is. Thoughts from a couple of uh, siblings of Origin legends. Um, obviously, with the sides getting picked this week, um, we'll be able to, you know, compare those the thoughts of the great men um, on next week's show and get all their thoughts on, on the sides pick, respectively, for New South Wales and Queensland. It's time for your weekly dose of goss from Mr. Gossip. We're back with the kind of bloke that would add you with a fake profile just to stalk all your details, Mr. Gossip. <laughs> How did you know I'd do that? Oh, mate, <laughs> I've got you well worked out. <laughs> How we going, guys? Yeah, oh. good, man. How you going? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Happy days, happy days. Mm, happy, happy days. Bloody Panther. For fan. some of us. <laughs> yeah. You boys aren't going too well at the moment with no. your teams? No. Are you talking to a coastie and a Mexican and neither of us are very happy right now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I bet you're more happy than the Tigers fans, though. Well, True. Yeah. Could be worse. Could always yeah. be. Still coming third after losing, not even winning in three games, so yeah, I can't complain. Take him back if he takes the money he originally was supposed to. <laughs> well, at the, up at the 200. Titans, uh, up at the Titans, we've already got two overplayed pieces of crap, so we don't need another one. <laughs> He's terrible, especially against South. He what did four runs for thirty-four meters. Yeah, yeah. He just—you don't even know he's on the field. Like, yeah. I mean, if you're watching the game um, just objectively, having a schooner with your mates, and you were just sort of, you know, zoning in and out, you wouldn't even know he's playing. Exactly, and I know the Tigers have moved him to prop this week, but I don't know if that's going to work. No, well, he, he's not the type of bloke that's going to be taking a hit up and making three tackles every set, that's for sure. No, he doesn't play tight. He hates playing tight. He whinged about that at Melbourne when they played him at 13 in the centre. He loves playing on an edge and being fed the pill, and now that he's actually had to try and play some real football, he's looked like a spastic, so mm. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, exactly. Now, some good news. My wife is very happy that my left testicle is safe. If you remember last week in the podcast, I said I'll bet my left testicle that Kevin Kingston won't be at the Panthers, and the Panthers have come out earlier this week saying, no, he won't be there next year. So, look, he's looking for a new club, boys. I think we did speak about it last week, but um, no one's biting as yet. Mm, you can't uh, you can't bet with a nut that you don't have one nut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You, you, you sound, that's like Lance Armstrong saying, I'll bet you he's not. He's got, you know he's fucking lying. <laughs> <laughs> he lied about the doping scandal, and he's only got one test here. He can't afford it. Uh, yeah, well, that's. Um, I said last week that I'd be very shocked if it was true. Um, it's it's disappointing uh, because Kev, you know, been around the club a little bit, such a humble guy and, and does a lot of stuff off the field and um, we will talk to anyone, you know. I, I'm not a, a Penrith fan per se. You know, I do work there. I'm not the kind of guy that goes around trying to talk to all the first graders. But 
Um, he's the kind of guy, you, you constantly see him talking to fans and talking to staffers and talking to people that empty the bins there. He's just a really good bloke. Um, so I find it really strange that they're letting him go. Yeah, I mean, he'd be a good signing for, uh, you know, an up-and-coming club maybe in the UK Super League. Look, I don't know who's going to take him, but yeah, he's 30 years old, great bloke, but probably not not having his best season. Although, having said that, I think the past two wins the Bantons have had, he's been very good, whether that's because it's contract time and he's trying to impress him. Mm-hmm. What about um, what about Parramatta? They don't want to, they're not interested? Nope, no, not keen at all, mate. Not keen at all. I know that, like I said, I think like I said last week that the Raiders did make a play for him at the end of last year. He said no, so I think he's hoping that they come back with an offer, but they yet to do that. They look pretty set at nine, but the Raiders. It'd be ludicrous for them to go and try and buy another nine uh, with McCurick there. I would think, but stranger things have happened. Oh, that's right, exactly. Uh, we also touched last week, boys, on Matty Bowen and the Cowboys. Are they going to resign him? This this comes as a surprise to me, boys. It appears the Titans are very keen to have him. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't understand why the Titans would be keen. They got Zilman at the back there to about a fifty-year contract. I, <laughs> I don't know the the, the thought behind it. Yeah, well, like I said last week, I, I, I rang them up during the week as I said I would, and they've offered me a five-year deal. <laughs> I, I've got a, I've got a five-year deal to sit in the gym and just ha- heckle people at the the, the centre of excellence or. Centre of stupidity, as I'm calling it at this point in time. Centre of disappointment. I, uh, I don't know. I, we went out of uh, out of our way to go and sign a young kid from uh, the UK Super League last year, Matt Russell, who's got massive wraps on him. He's playing in the 20s. Probably hasn't come along as, as well as what they would have liked or he's as playing, soon as they would have liked. He's playing the worst 20s on the comp. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I just don't get it. Like, Bowen's on the downswing of his career. And I, I know... You know, whenever we talk to him, we talk about players and especially those who are on the downswing of their career. Like, why would you go and buy them? There's no upside to them at all. Their performance is only going to decrease. So, this makes absolutely no sense to me at all. None. Yeah. It's stupid. It's dumb. I don't understand it. You'd be a good person to have on your books as not a player, like maybe in the front office or something, as a face of your organisation, but Mm. to have him on your playing roster at the time. Yeah, well, we've got got Preston Campbell and Matt Rogers and those sort of guys doing that. Like, I just... Yeah, it's, un- it's unbelievable. And, like, what sort of a price are we talking? Like, we're talking decent money as well. Yeah, well, that's right. He gets paid a monster at the moment. They've forked out for Thurston. If he's going to say the Cowboys, he's going to be on peanuts. Yeah. Well, this is another one. I'm, I'm going to start the start the band. I'm beating the drum. Cardi's got to go. He's, he's got to wow. go. Wow. Yeah. I've, been, yeah I, I've stuck strong for seven years, but it's time. We need a change. We need someone to, yeah. He's still got a couple of years on his contract, so they're going to have to pay him out. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, he got a 10-year contract. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't know. Yeah, there was Zillman, him and Zillman together. I just think it's contract. a very, very stale environment, it looks like, and they're just making the same mistakes over and over again. Their recruitment seems to be getting uh, worse and worse every year. There doesn't seem to be many 20s players coming through. There's nothing in the Queensland Cup. Like you see now, as soon as we get some injuries, and I said this after they started the season fairly well, that... The test was going to be when a couple of key guys get injuries, and it's come to fruition because they were dog shit on the weekend. On Friday night, they were they were awful. I turned it off at half time and went outside and just kicked the crap out of my dog because. <laughs> 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 I 
And just quietly, for anyone at the RSPCA who may be listening right now, by that I mean he kicked the crap out of his missus. For anyone at New South Wales, female abuse, by that I don't mean he kicked the crap out of his missus and or the dog. For both those organisations, I mean he kicked the crap out of the air. Women in league ground, wow. Yeah. Brock's a big advocate. Yeah, big advocate. Bloody hell. Early, early. Um, the Panthers boys, they're keen on signing um, Kevin Naguama from the Knights, obviously, to be there with his brother at the club. I understand they're uh, in negotiation at the moment. Uh, do you rate him, fellas? I like Kevin. Kevin's not a bad player at all. And uh, on top of that, you, you look at the difference between him and Wes. Wes has been around for a while. He's a you know, kind of rocks or diamonds sort of player. But Kevin, Kevin's young. He's lightning quick. You could stick him on a wing, uh, whether he gets a look in with Mansour there at the moment and when James Roberts and a few of those blokes are on the cards, is a different story, but I don't see why you wouldn't pick someone up like him. He's definitely got a lot of upside to him. Yeah, I thought he was, he was ultra impressive on the weekend. Um, just did a lot of dirty stuff, didn't make any errors. I was, I was impressed. So He plays fullback too, so fullback wing, he yeah, covers a few bases. He's a good player. Young fella, he's got plenty of upside. That, that seems like an uh, intelligent investment. Yeah, for sure. So we'll, uh, I'll keep... Close eye on that, boys. Yeah. Now, Quade Cooper, boys, great, great rugby player, has the IQ of a cabbage. But <laughs> 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 uh, the Rockets are very, very, very keen and they have the money to bring him over. Now, if this does happen, fellas, I'm hearing that the Broncos are quite eager to get rid of Wallace to Penrith on the cheap, but only if they get Quade Cooper. Mm, wow. Well, I was sitting here the other day having a blow-up and Brock would remember it deluxe, just like, what the hell are Brisbane thinking? What are Penrith thinking? But mainly Brisbane, you've just re-signed Hunt, who couldn't even get a game. He was playing bench hooker for the last three years after being Toyota Cup Player of the Year as a seven. You let Norman go. Prince is about 30,000 years old and plays about three games and breaks something because someone blew a kiss at him. And then you've got Wallace, who just looks completely disinterested. And half the time, I think he's sleeping on his feet. So where, where, where are they pulling a half from? And all of a sudden, this has come out. So all those Broncos fans out there have been blowing up and going, oh, we want a half. Well, you know, maybe this, yeah. may, this may be it right here. Yeah, well, because Prince has Prince only got... If he doesn't retire at the end of this year, he's gone next year. Norman's gone. Wallace is gone. So they bloody well want to get Cooper. Um, yeah. And if they don't, die straight's up in Brisbane because you have a have a look at their 20 side. And I know, obviously, because they have so many Channel 9 games, we never see Brisbane's 20 side on Fox. But uh, if you have a look at their results, have a look at the stats, there's not many halves in there with... Um, you know, the key things that you look for in your halves in tri-assists, tri-score. Yeah, they've got a couple of good um, 20s forwards like Caleb yeah. Timo and a few that are in that origin game, but they don't, they don't have any halves at the moment. No. So it's, yeah, a worrisome situation. But um, I, Penrith, don't, as you say, mate, they, they'd only be keen on Wallace if they can get him on the cheap. I think their interest probably lies in Williams and Marshall um, for the big bucks. But uh, if they were going to take Wallace, yeah, they, they'd want to take him on the cheap. Yeah, for sure, yeah. Um, Josh Morris, guys, a lot of emails about him uh, being linked to the uh, Sharks and Dragons. My money is he will stay a Bulldog. Mm, fair enough. I was saying that the other day about uh, going back and playing with Brett, and I said to Brock, I don't know how much it's going to cost him, but I, I wouldn't be throwing too much coin at him. I think Brett's the better of the two, if anything. I think Brett would make a better centre than what Josh does um pretty ordinary year this year and people are going why well no offence but Ben Barlow pretty much gave him his whole good, decent year last year it was all off the back of him and look now that supply's been cut off he hasn't been doing too much on his own yeah I, he's similar to Bowen to me like they were both very good last year I, I couldn't be 
well, I wouldn't be chasing them if I'm a uh, I'm a rival club. That's for sure. Especially not for the money that they're asking. Um, yeah, they're top end players who, if they're going to demand big money, they need to at least be putting in decent performances, especially when uh, when it is contract time. So both those guys, I really find it strange that any club will be willing to pay massive money for them at, at this current you know point in time. Yeah, for sure. And look, the last one I got, boys, a bit of a scoop for the podcast. I got off the phone about an hour ago to a mate of mine over in New Zealand. Now, the Warriors, their private owners, are in talks with Timmy Sheens to get him over to the Warriors. Um, they won't you know, admit to it publicly, of course, but yeah, they're trying to get him on side because if Matt Elliott doesn't do anything in the next couple of weeks, which I don't say he will, I think you'll find Timmy Sheens there by the end of the year. Wow. Good Imagine time. that, the Australian coach coaching the New Zealand national club team. That'd be a real strange situation. Yeah, I guess. I mean, uh, Wayne Bennett helped them for a little while as well. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. It'd just be interesting, especially World Cup year. Um, well, I'll tell you what, Tim Shane's philosophy of throwing the pillar out is the worries. Jesus mm. Christ. You'd think if anyone's going to go over there and say... Let's offload, you know, let's play two-tip, let's move the pillar around. It's going to be someone like Tim Sheens. Well, then again, I'll, I'll throw in on top of that. Then have they gone and consulted the Warriors players? Because isn't, like, this whole situation with Elliot is, comes down to day dot, like your players like Elijah Taylor saying, well, we don't want Matt Elliott. So do they actually, do they want Sheens? Like, I think it's probably beneficial to put one of the blokes in that the players actually want to play for and see if that can't improve their performance if I was the owners. You know? Yeah, well, I guess so. I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's going to be up to the owners. I don't think the owners are going to take the players' say into consideration. Unfortunately, I know they were after Tim Sheens before they signed uh, Matty Elliott. So, yeah. look to me, guys. I think if I was a Warriors fan, I'd be very excited that they're talking with Timmy Sheens because he's a lot better than Matty Elliott. Oh yeah, no doubt, no doubt, absolutely. To, to no me, doubt. he suits their philosophy, and mm-hmm. same as a. A Johnson to what he did with Marshall, I think what's there at the moment suits a, a, a Tim Sheens much better than it does Matt Elliott. And Tim Sheens is a fairly smart operator. He'd be in that situation going, well, what am I walking into? You know, you know, like in terms of what are the owners going to expect out of the team for the rest of this year? And to be fair, they, they're not going to expect the Warriors to make the eight. So it gives Tim Sheens an off-season plus probably half this season if they do end up punting Elliott to get it right, um, which for a coach, the more time you've got to get things right and the less pressure you've got to uh, you know, operate under the better. So it's an ideal situation for a coach coming in. Yeah, for sure, mate. I, I hope he goes there. I, I think he'll do really well there with the Warriors. Mm. He'll do a lot better than Elliot anyway. And I'm hearing that a lot of the players there at the Warriors, they just they can't buy into what he's trying to sell them. He does, they don't quite understand his, his logistics about the game. I mean, I can't even understand him in a press conference, so I don't know how the players are going to understand him in his coaching methods. Yeah, yeah, a bit strange there. Well, if that's all we've got, we've obviously uh, got the Queensland and New South Wales Origin game coming up soon. I think it's after this Sunday that they're going to be picking their squads to have a week to lead into camp. So uh, you've got a New South Wales team for us, buddy? Yeah, I'll run through my uh, blue side. I'll start with the fullback. I've got Hayne at fullback. I've got Nathan Merritt, number two, on the wing. In the centres, I've got Jennings and Ferguson. I've got Gordon on the wing. River Ruffy there. He has played at Origin before. Yeah. In the halves, I've got Carney and Pierce. Um, they were there last year. We only lost last last series by a bee's dick, so I don't see why we should be changing the halves. Um, I've got Talmo at eight. I've got Farrah at nine. 
I've got Big Willie Mason at 10 starting. I'd love to see him start in Origin again. Um, I've got Watmau at 11, Gallon at 12, and Bird at Lock. And now my bench, I've got Tim Grant, Luke Lewis, Fafita, and I've got Sutton. Now I'll pick Sutton in there just in case there is an injury to the six or the seven. Uh, also, he can come on and, and, and possibly play back row or lock. All right, we'll get uh, Brock. What are you going to go, gonna go Lou, or No, I just said Lou. Fullback, I've got Hayne. Wings, I've got Awate and Ferguson. Centres, uh, Morris and Jennings. Halves are Maloney and Pierce. My front row is Tamo and Gallon. Farrow at nine. Back row, Watmo, Hoffman, Bird. My bench is Merrin, Woods, Gidley and Lewis. Now, I'm probably with you, both of you. I know you're going to say Sutton, but realistically, he's not going to get picked. So, um, I'm just going with Gidley. Yeah, well, I've got mine, but what I've done is I've put Mind a few... you, I thought Gidley played well on the weekend. Yeah, that was well, his best game I've seen him play. He played time. one good game. You don't get picked for Origin. <laughs> I know that. He got picked. Yeah. For the, he got picked for the Australian side by yeah. default as well. He's, he might, he, he's got. Mind something. you, Brent quite a couple of years ago. He played for Australia and then didn't. Yeah, get but Brent quite the front row. There's plenty of good utility. Hey, he's a Clive around. Churchill medalist, mate. Yeah, that's don't right. Talk, talk about him, <laughs> Kirk Gilly. <laughs> exactly that was Kirk Gilly. Is Kirk Gilly won a comp? I don't know. I, uh, I don't really care. Uh, he hasn't. I think he might have been. No, he wasn't. He might have been in the no, squad. No, I don't think so. You're off your head. Well, my one, I've, I've got my own side, and then I've got a few variations here which are pretty similar. You know they're not going to get picked. If I'm picking it, it's going to be Hayne at fullback, Gordon and Iwate on the wings, Jennings and Ferguson in the centres, Maloney and Pierce the halves, front row of Tarmau and Woods with Farrett nine. Uh, back row, I'd have Merrin, Watmau and Gallon on the bench, Reynolds, for feeder Hoffman and Lewis, but realistically, uh, you take Merrin out. Bird's going to be in that starting back row spot. Merrin's going to be on the bench. Uh, that wing spot is probably going to be a Ferguson, not Gordon. And you can, because I had Ferguson in the centres, you can pretty much guarantee that Morris is going to get picked. He was the 18th man. And uh, for feeder, I had for feeder on the bench. You know, he's not going to get picked either. Probably mm. the way things are going. But if it was me. They've been whinging about the front rowers all along. I think we've got the two form front rowers in the comp right now in Feeder and Woods. Yeah. Yeah. I'll ask you a question, boys. Game one is, you know, obviously super important for us. Do you want Woods starting at 10 and he's never played Origin? No, before? that's why I don't or have him in there. I, I've yeah, got him on the bench. Or would you rather Mason? I mean, I think Mason's going to give more of an impact and fire up the boys and give that, give that theatre... I don't think Woods is going to give that impact. That's yeah. just my personal No, well, that's why just... I'm pushing Gallon up. And I'm, I think our strength is in our back row. I think our strength has been in the back row for the last 10 years, probably 15 years. We've we've just always had a plethora of back rowers, much better than Queensland. I'm pushing Gallon up. Uh, and I'm starting with um, four strong back rowers and Tamiya. Um And then I'll put Woods on after that. Uh, but I couldn't risk him to start with. No, so no way in the you world. do that with Woods, and you're telling me that you want to put a front row and it's going to make an impact on a game. Well, then I don't pick Woods. I pick for feeder. Yeah. Oh, well, if I'm putting the guy for 20 or 30 no, minutes. Pick, I'm playing Merrin tight. Merrin's playing tight. He's not yeah, playing on an edge for me. Mer- Merrin's still not got that. He's got the footwork. He's got that. But in an arena like that, if you're telling me you're going to unleash a prop for 20 or 30 minutes to do the damage, it's not Grant, it's not Mano, it's not Woods. It's for feeder. Yeah, well, guys, if you want to go from that angle, yeah. The guy's had about seven 200-metre-plus games this year. He scores tries, he gets line breaks. If you want to waste a spot on someone who's only get 20 minutes, I'm putting on the bloke who's going to create the most havoc. Well, and then again, I'd argue and I'd say, well, why, don't pick Gidley at all. Because Farrah can play 80, don't pick Gidley. Yeah. 
pick, put that spot in, um, put that spot as as for theta. I, I agree with what you're saying. I just mm. think we really waste a position. We do Gidley. waste a position, with Gidley. and we waste minutes, and it adds to the fatigue. It's almost, it's almost like a sympathy substitution. And yeah. then other times they leave him on for another ten and say, "Oh, he's playing in the back row somewhere." What? Like I've had arguments with coaches at even twenties level. Um, with the fact that they say, oh, we have to pick a utility. And I, I sort of say, why? You know, like, um, do you have someone in your starting side or on your bench that can play, move into the halves, the halves yeah, could well. move into hooker? Like, you can reshuffle the side. Um, and it's, to me, it's negative. It's playing, thinking you're going to get injured. Just pick your best side and say, this is the way I'm going to play. But you, you this know, is why. And try and win the game that way. If, if, if you we, get injured, then you've got excuses. If we lose a backline player, our back rows are good enough to play centres and push someone out to the wing. Yeah. If you lose a half, Haynes played in the halves. I know he's not the best in the world, but you can't tell me you can't stick him at six and make one of the halves play at seven. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, we, I, I'm picking my best action. side to win the game, not picking the side that I think I should pick. Mm. You know, I'd rather lose through an injury than lose by picking a shit team. But just going away from that, we've all got our thoughts there. The Queensland team is pretty straightforward. Slater's going to be the fullback. Boyd, Inglis, Hodges, and this is the only spot really in that back line not suited up. Do you pick Brent Tate on that wing? I don't. I pick Ashley Graham, to be honest. I can't believe the bloke hasn't played in front of uh, Brent um, Tate before. But. Look, I I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think I'd, I'd pick Graham, but I think I'll pick Tate mm. just because they're loyal, dumb Queenslanders. What about you, Gossip? <laughs> you, you, you pick Buzz, Buzz Lightyear or you pick someone else? He's playing like a bastard. He is. He's like a we caught the hammering on Twitter off a couple of Cowboys fans saying that I can't believe I thought he was the best player on the field and well, he's playing awesome. I was like, man, I must be watching a different game. He's missing game. like seven tackles, six tackles a week. Like you're playing in the centres. I know wings a bit different, and you'll have a gun next to him. But if you're telling me, I'm, if I'm one of those centres and I'm tipping the ball on, I'd much, much rather pass it to Ash Graham than pass it to Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. Ash Graham is a great finisher. Buzz, <laughs> but, you know. Kicking on again. <laughs> Thurston and Cronk. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 